Before I used to pretend that I'm strong, but inside I was broken. Mina smiles at me from behind the counter at my local mechanics. She talks with her hands and her eyes. She does the books, but it's just one of the many jobs she's holding down while she carves out a life for herself in Melbourne. I was really broken, but I wouldn't show that I'm broken. But now it's just like inside I feel secure. I'm Iyuki Okiranta. Last time on Earshot, you heard from two Iranian refugees stuck in Indonesia, living with a ticking clock. Mina made it out of Iran, through Indonesia, and arrived in Australia as an asylum seeker. Her clock is also ticking, but she's not bothered by the uncertainty. This grungy tyre shop is a source of comfort for her after taking a dangerous road out of Iran. The only option for someone whose beliefs go against the laws of her country. Yeah, ask him. <laughs> My struggling was the pronoun V. Yeah. Where? And I would say Victoria. I would say Victoria. Who <laughs> <laughs> is be mad at me? Mina, pronounce proper. When Mina first started working for Onsi, who runs the mechanics business, she barely spoke English, so he'd buy the newspaper and ask her to read to him and then summarise what she'd read. She considers this as a second home to her, uh-huh. so whenever she's in the area, she pops in and she makes herself at home. Onsi arrived in Australia from Egypt 39 years ago and seems to have a fatherly relationship to Mina. And uh, I, I definitely don't treat her like a worker anymore. Yeah. And she's part of the family. Are you sympathetic to, to Mina's arrival in Australia? Definitely, and definitely, yeah. yes. Um, look, from Mina's point of view, I understand that it is frustrating. Uh, from the government point of view, I do understand that these things take time to study and, and to make a decision on. Um, and uh, as long as the end result is a fair, fair result, I think that that's all that matters. Have you heard anything from the Australian government, the Department of Immigration? Not unfortunately. Mm. Still I'm waiting. <laughs> I called them last week and nothing happened. I said I want to know my situation. And they said, said you're on bridging visa and report every three months. Nothing changed. Even it's everything from outside, it looks crazy. You know that I recently I had a car accident and I lost the interview that I was expecting to get the job and everything was upside down but like it just feels different in tehran mina's family was close always in each other's back pockets two sisters one brother and a mother who was more like a friend even sometimes my mom is expecting that even if i go out with friends she's going to be involved like it's like that. <laughs> but early on, Mina found life in Tehran under an Islamic government troubling. My question started when I was in school because since I was nine years old, I had to wear hijab and be different with boys, which before that I was playing with boys on the street. And then suddenly everything changed. I'm from different world, they are from the other world. And I was questioning, why is that? And always it was just follow. Do not question. 
with questioning you are doing against of God. I went to the conclusion that if that's the God because of these things, I don't want this God anymore. Were you communicating the fact that you'd ultimately turned to atheism to anyone? Or was this very much an internal struggle? Uh, internal. You wouldn't share in Iran because you're going to be in trouble. My family would know that because I wasn't practicing Islam anymore. One of the reasons that it was bothering me, it was that as well in Iran. I'm not the person that people think that I am. This government won't allow us to say what we want. We want freedom! We want freedom! We want freedom! And then suddenly in uh, the company that I was working for, I met the lady and she introduced me to inter-universalism. In the beginning, I was like, now I'm happy. But deep down, I wasn't happy. Everything was okay, but I wasn't satisfied. It's a miserable Melbourne night. It's grey and drizzly. And I'm um, just walking up to Mina's apartment where Mina and Mojgan and Mayan are um, going to take me through a session or a class of inter-universalism. Oh, I just got dripped on. <laughs> anyway, let me give this a buzz. My name is Marjan Mosadeh. I'm an, a computer engineer at the same time practicing Erfan uh, Halqe as an master or an instructor. Erfan Halqe is difficult to translate into English. Erfan broadly means mysticism, and Halqe rings, though Marjan is quick to tell me this translation is lacking. So instead, this belief system created a new word to describe itself interuniversalism. Interuniversalism is a path for helping people through their wellness and find themselves overcoming their obstacles deep inside themselves, helping them to find out about the whole philosophy of the creation, why we are here, where are we going after this life, What's the point of being here, really? Founded about 40 years ago in Iran, Erfan Ahalre is a spirituality practiced by millions of people worldwide and deeply connected with healing. The World Health Organization classifies it as a complementary medicine. But people practicing this Erfan believe it's much bigger than that. Universal, in fact. Interuniversal is all about getting connected to the interuniversal consciousness. That connected consciousness is the manager of this world of existence. Mojgan Mozadeh is Marjan's sister. They've been practicing for over a decade, first in Iran and now here in Australia. I'm not sure I fully comprehend the ins and outs of interuniversalism. But I do understand it as an expression of love for yourself, for others, for a god. And to tap into that love, there are several kinds of halre or rings to connect with. And through this chain, we get connected to that consciousness. 
And through that consciousness, we are connecting to the God. Like in my language, when we say God, Bechot Ah means that know yourself. That's how he is guiding us. Guidance Mina was looking for when she followed a work colleague to a class in Iran and connected for the first time. And when I closed my eyes, I've had the feeling that was different in whole my life. And my curiosity came up that what's that and what's happened, what have you done? And I went and I enrolled to the class. So can we try it together? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we can do all of us. Yeah, now. we can try like for a few minutes. And then. So, as long as you are an, an impartial observer, mm-hmm. the consciousness, the interuniversal consciousness will work on you. It starts scanning for this particular connection we're gonna do. Yeah, are you ready? Yeah. You ready? Yeah. 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 Okay. Maybe. Let's do it. <laughs> Shall we start? Yes, we close our eyes. Okay. We sat in silence in Mina's kitchen for about five minutes. And here is where I say, I don't think I felt anything. But I did enjoy sitting in a room of quietened bodies, being present together, and trying to be impartial, non-judgmental. How was it? What did you feel? It's hard to keep your mind focused or to keep your mind clear. It's okay. We, we, We don't need to... Yeah, it's focused. We have a solution for that in in term three. (laughs) (laughs) The good things about the first class it's like they will give you the opportunity just to practice to see that there is consciousness or not, which is exactly opposite of the religion practice that I've had, just to follow and just to believe. Do the research, see the result and you can make a decision that there is or not. The thing what is important as Gir said is the result. If we're improving, we're happy, so we know that something is happening. Yeah. Otherwise, yeah. Even if you feel it, but you keep the door shut, nothing gonna be working for you. The sisters Marjan and Mojgan both studied in Iran under the founder of Erfan Halre, Dr. Muhammad Ali Taheri, a mechanical engineer and spiritual scholar who through his passion for knowledge and desire to know God, developed into universalism. In the beginning, it wasn't illegal. However, after attracting so many people, especially young people, educated people, academic people, the government of Iran didn't like it because it's a kind of self-awareness way of view. They asked him to stop all the classes. After a while, he he was arrested for three times. And after the third time, I mean, in the third arrest, he never got released. He was charged with moharebe, non-belief in God, and fesa de feraz, corruption on earth. It means that, again, you are doing something to help others and to get to that Moharebe, which is against God. So you're entitled to be executed. There is no room for them to be alive. 
At what point did you feel you were personally in danger? In the beginning, I wasn't thinking that I'm in trouble. My teacher asked us to be careful when we go there, not to come at the same time, all of us. But we all were hoping that he's gonna come out. But because they asked us, the Iranian government, if you guys be quiet, everything is gonna sort out and our, your teacher is gonna come out. And that's why we didn't protest that time. Because if that point we knew that, that they are not gonna do that, there was, I don't know, two million or two and a half million students. If we all stand up, Two million students in Iran, but several million more around the world. We are supporters, students, and family members of Mr. Muhammad Ali Tahri, who is a teacher of love. Mr. Tahri has been in El Fana went underground in Iran, while protests broke out in Canada, Sweden, Germany, and the UK, where the practice had been taken up. The case against Muhammad Ali Tahri demonstrates Iranian disregard for freedom of belief and but Muhammad Ali Taheri has never been released. And it's more than six years. There is speculation that he's actually died within while we incarcerated. We think he died. No one hasn't seen him. It's, it's so easy. Just bring him in the public and show it if he's still alive. And so then at what point did you decide, I need to get out of here? What happened? When um, they found the classes that we are doing. And I left Iran, I think, less than two weeks. What were those discussions like with your family? To be honest, it was just like, no, I didn't explain to my mom what's happening. We, My brother arranged everything. And just the point was like, Mina is leaving Iran. That's all. Not how, not why, why, nothing. When we say bye, she didn't know that it's for how long. What did you decide? What was the plan? I have no idea. No plan. Like, to be honest, no plan. Like, no plan. Mina's brother bought her the ticket out, and she travelled to Malaysia, where one of her sisters lived but she still couldn't abide another Islamic government. So she continued on to Indonesia. From there, she, like so many others, risked the treacherous passage to Australia. Under the cover of night, people smugglers shuttled her to a beach and onto a small wooden boat. And they said to us, because they cannot bring the big boat closer because of the police, so this boat is going to take us to the bigger one which there was no bigger one we were hours and hours on the water and there was nothing they were lying and how uh, many people were in the boat with you they count us with children 95 people even we didn't have enough space to stand up or you could just sit and you're in that position for hours yes for 32 hours and uh, till Navy found us. They were like, we, we can't take you. But the boat was sinking. And because of lots of children, they accept us. So they took us to Christmas Island. 
Do you remember the exact date? Yep. It was 16 July 2013. That's a, that was very close. To 19 July 2013, low. That whoever came by boat after 19 July 2013, it's not going to be transferred to Australian. They will be transferred to Manus or Papua New Guinea. Uh, I arrived in Christmas Island around 48 hours before the low change. How is spirituality an asset in the face of trauma? Well, people who have a spiritual practice have something to go back to, a point of reference that is beyond themselves and what is happening at the moment. Jill Jameson has been facilitating peace-building training for the past 20 years and is a volunteer at Melbourne's Foundation House, which supports survivors of torture and trauma. Jill is a practising Buddhist. Rather than wasting energy about railing against what is happening and why is this happening, then it's about facing the situation as it is, you know, to be able to open to whatever else might be available, seeing the next tiny step. Often what comes forth is, you know, the feelings, the expression of compassion. In interuniversalism, which is the spiritual belief of, of Mina and her colleagues, we are all connected, that we share a universal consciousness. That to me is a very expressive physical manifestation of this idea of compassion that you talk about. Can you see how this potentially, believing in this, would allow Mina to have moved through her experience differently to others? Whether you call it hope is something that perhaps is more Christian, in Buddhist terms talk about karma, but it's ultimately our interconnectedness as a basis for other traditions and to see that it's an ethical approach to life it's a powerful and practical way to step back and to see the suffering for oneself and for others belief is so strong that it's not something to given up even for some sense of security particularly for minorities I think you know, they, they, to hold on to that I mean, in the face of incredible opposition and threats Mina's faith carried her to Australia, but when she arrived, it wavered. I gave up. Because in the beginning, I was so excited, to be honest, and happy and feel safe. But when some pattern happened, like people come and I've been inherited by them, I went to the conclusion that it seems everywhere is the same. There is no government here to make my life like a hell but something else is making my life worse than hell and I choose to close the door and say it's not gonna work and I went through depression even I couldn't get out from bed and then I start drinking and then accidentally I found people from inter-universalism in Australia Marjan and Mojgan and uh, I started the game and my depression was going down down till it disappeared and it's more than three years 
Have you heard from the Department of Immigration? No. No, no news. Yes. Okay. William James said, maybe a hundred years ago on spirituality, that a crisis can cause either breakdown or breakthrough. But it depends where people want to focus. You know, they can focus on the trauma, their victimhood, or they can choose to focus on something wider. It's almost that, you know, the deeper the crisis, the greater the breakthrough that it can occur. Mina's now studying community services at TAFE, inching closer with each job application to being able to help others. It's as though the energy that she's put into her spiritual practice has travelled up a ring of Erfanahare and come back down in the form of good news. And last 10 days, I got the new job, which exactly the same day that I accepted this house, this nice cosy house which I love it I feel like I'm home I'm just so thankful have you used the word home as meaningfully as you did just then in the time that you've been in Australia not really I've told you that I was in love with the guy and I got really crazy when I found that out mm-hmm. that he's not in love with me and maybe from fact it's sad that I lost my love but I gain bigger love. Do you mind that I read the poem? Yeah, which one? In my language. Which one you're reading, lady? Oh yeah, that's nice. Mina's teacher Marjan gave her this poem to help her move through her feelings. یک شبی مجنون نمازش را شکست. بی وضو در کوچه لیلا نشست. عشق آن شب مستمستش کرده بود. فارغ از جامعه الستش کرده بود سجده ای زد برلب درگاه او پرز لیلا شد دل پر آه او This poem is about the popular love story Laili and Majnun which Majnun got crazy about Laili became crazy and he's talking to God you put this love about Laili on me and I'm not gonna keep going anymore with this love. I'm just tired of that. And God answers that I put this love because I wanted you to experience love with me. That was the point. All the time I was with you, but you were ignoring me. And all of the time you were just talking and asking about Lady. But tonight you're asking of me حال این لیلا که خارد کرده بود درس عشقش بیقرارت کرده بود مرد راهش باش تا شاهد کنم سچ و لیلا کشته در راحت کنم مرسی Good, 
What is affecting the internet? Is it just technical or is there something else going on? Government. <laughs> Government. They don't let people to communicate with out of the Iran. That's how they control everything. What they do, they filter the application that you use. First was Viber, then Telegram. Just like daily they change, you need another one. You need another one. She has a telephone yeah. that's not able yep. to monitor telephones? Not the monitor. We can just have a chat. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, we'll hook up next and we'll call your mum. Sure. Hello. Salam, mama. Salam, mama. Salam, mama. Salam, mama. Salam, Uh, can you ask her what she thinks? What is her relationship to interuniversalism, Erfan Halga, now? So, Alan Robert, that boy Erfan Halga, she's Julia. Now she's um, she's practicing actually. She because she was suffering from rheumatism, and because she got the result, she's fine with that. When did you last see each other and what is the plan to see each other again? In fact, it's five years, but for her it's more than ten years. Yeah. And um, actually I should answer this question when we are going to see each other. We don't know. We cannot make a plan. We are waiting to hear from immigration. How do you both deal with that uncertainty? Through Erfan Halqe, because our perspective has changed. It's, we are not reliant just to see each other. We are in heart of each other. And um, that's the things it's helping her to cope with that, the connection, I think, which is the same as me. A few days later, when my car needs the brakes replaced, Mina's behind the mechanic's counter again, smiles in her eyes and gesturing excitedly. She's met someone. I'm seeing someone. <laughs> yes. <laughs> And I like him a lot. He seems nice. We'll see. Where did you guys meet? Through interuniversalism. We are on the same stage and same mindset and same. It's it feels freedom at the same time. It's different. It's so different. This program was brought to you by the letter M. Mina, Mojgan, Marjan, and me, Miyuki. The sound engineer was John Jacobs. You've been listening to Earshot. If you enjoyed what you heard, tell a friend or two. And why not tell iTunes? Catch you next time on Earshot.